Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. In order to build an audience, you actually have to understand the data and what attributes you have and and what data points you have on your customers and what that looks like in the system to first build it. Then if you want to create a personalized offer, that's actually technology, right? Because based on who is visiting your webpage or who's seeing your email, the content can change dynamically. That can't happen without marketing operations or a technologist that knows what they're doing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials Podcast. Today, I have a fellow marketing ops person. Um, he's way more experienced than me now because I got out of marketing ops, and he could give you way better insights about marketing ops. But I like to introduce Daryl to the podcast. Welcome, Daryl. Hey, thanks. Longtime listener, Daniel. Big fan of all you that you do. Thanks for having me. I want to go into first, like, how did you get into marketing? And then we can go into the fun stuff. So I started kind of more of a sales background. I personally, number one, I wasn't that good at pressuring people to close. And two, I wanted to have a larger impact. So that's why I started to go into marketing from the sales side. But I think a more interesting question is why I got into marketing operations. I was sitting at this at the table, I worked at a startup for the first four years. I was sitting at this table and we were just going over the brand colors and the colors of the the UI and like the icons for two hours. And my eyes just glazed over, you know, what represents our brand? What colors do people like better? And that just wasn't for me. But when you started to talk about the systems, how to actually get marketing done, how to get it out to customers and measure its impact, my eyes lit up. So that's how I got into marketing operations. I became, you know, a power user of the systems. I write on MarTech. I have gone into marketing operations and never looked back. That's my story. So let's first get into what is like the current definition of marketing ops from what it was let's say five to 10 years ago. So historically, marketing ops has been the tools, processes, and metrics that enable marketing. So that means the MarTech, the building of campaigns, executing of campaigns, and some sort of analytics. That, I would say, is starting to shift and change. I like to say aspirationally that marketing operations is the art and science of executing great marketing. I think that today, what you're seeing at really great companies, the ones that are either leading the way or are scaling up really quickly, you'll see that the marketing operations folks are starting to encompass planning and budgeting. They're starting to encompass process design. Like how do we work with these other teams and how do we execute campaigns the most efficient way possible? And then also they're encompassing data and analytics. And the really cool part of data analytics is the insights. You're starting to pull insights out from your customers. Marketing ops is starting to manage that more. And I think it's it's super exciting. One other thing too, is that the reason why some of the best companies are having marketing ops expand their scope 
is because of this concept of marrying strategy with execution. If you bring both together into a sort of virtuous loop or cycle, the whole organization levels up. And I think that that's what we're starting to see. I think that's a perfect definition because I remember I started marking ups. I started Marketo. I was running campaigns in Marketo, building the systems that connect to Marketo. And then when I got to service tight and I, I grew my career and then when I was like a, like managing teams, my team was separated into like half my team was insights. So I had like data analysts on my team that was building like Tableau, giving insights to the marketing teams are building reports and dashboards and stuff to give better insights to the marketing. And my other side was process. Process included technology too, but it was like process meant like building out the customer journey from like, how does a customer flow? And then like inserting where the best technology would help that customer or inserting where the best teams could work together or the best project management could work together in that side. And that, the reason I put technology in process is because we had like someone on the team that was just responsible for technology, but we had someone who was also responsible for process. And then they worked together and was like, okay, this is how I would design like the flow of this. This is how I would have teams work together. What do you think? Should we get a new software? Do we have the software we already have internally to do this? And so I like that you did it. And then my job was to like communicate to the C. CMO, CEO, like finance, like, okay, we need budget here. We need, we need to get these technologies. This is the process we need to execute. Like, this is the goals we need to plan for, for Q1. This is the things you're missing, the channels that are underperforming. Like I was like the one being like giving the insights to the CMO the whole time. So I love your insights on that. One of the reasons why I think marketing ops is such a great career is number one, for, for what you said, to manage the tech stack and the data, you're actually usually pretty well compensated. You're, you're usually pretty well paid, especially if you don't have as much experience because companies need that skill. They need someone to manage the systems. The other thing to think about with marketing operations and why it's such a growing field is that as companies get bigger, like as they get more grown up, it takes a lot to align the marketing team. You know, at smaller companies, it doesn't take as much, but to align like hundreds of people takes like cadences and planning. And we, we call it rhythm of a bit of the business. There's a rhythm of the business that needs to happen that marketing ops needs to oversee. So, you know, I think it's a really great career, even though that you've now left, <laughs> you yeah. now left your brethren in marketing ops and gone more general marketing, but, but. Uh, but I always say, like, I've always said to people, like, marketing ops is, like, the next CMOs and stuff like that because you deal with finance, you deal with strategy, you deal with all the stuff that what CMOs deal with. Like, there's a misinterpretation of what CMOs actually de- deal with. And a lot of the stuff that we understand the whole – marketing ops understands the whole business. Like, you deal with finance, you deal with sales, you deal with customer success, you deal with – product you deal with every part of the business because you are the process design for marketing so i that's always said that but i want to get into some some hot takes you have a mark like marketing ops what are some things you you're thinking about right now like how do you see marketing ops today and how it's evolving yeah i think there's two things 
So one is when it comes to marketing technology, the biggest like mistake that I see marketers, marketing ops, everyone really make is they really try to fix bad marketing with some sort of tool. You know, their leads are down, so they're going to buy a chat bot or their conversions are down. So they buy intent data or something like that. Technology can be an easy way out and it can be this sort of avoider, which causes you to, or makes you avoid looking at the mirror and asking kind of the hard questions of, do we really know our customers and does our messages truly resonate with them? I think that that's, that's, that's really one of the big, biggest ones. And marketing ops is often put into the realm of having to buy and implement these tools and they are trying to measure the success of these tools and the ROI of these tools when the purchase of them was sort of flawed to begin with. I think that that is a really big problem. And a lot of the time it's, this is why marketing ops should be in the decision process way before, because a lot of the time I've experienced, it's like, oh, the head of demand gen buys a tool or the head of content buys a tool. And then it's like, hey, ops, implement this. And it's like, no, let's first decide like decide like what business goal this is trying to solve, where it's going to fit into the process. Does it connect to the softwares we already have? How's it going to make our lives easier, better? How's it going to make the company better? Does it have an ROI? Like ask the hard questions before. But usually them you don't bring ops into the question, then it's just like a cop-out tool. And it's also putting more pressure on your ops team to take away from things that they're doing today to implement something that might not even have an ROI in the future. I came up with this, what I call the marketing ops maturity model. And I'll briefly take, take you through it. But I think it applies to marketers too, like marketing organizations. And the model evolves like this. It goes from... At the beginning, your execution or very reactive, you advance to a proactive stage, you continue to advance to a strategic stage, and then the final stage, which is aspirational for most people, is, in, is, is innovation. And I think that there's a lot of parallels. So I'll talk you through quickly what each stage is for marketing ops, but you know, this applies to your marketers too. So the first stage is execution only. You're just trying tactics, you're taking on all the requests, and you're just an order taker. The proactive stage is where you start to get ahead of the work. You try to see what's working. You have some light prioritization, meaning that you're trying to determine, okay, what are the most important things that I should be doing? I can't do everything. You know, How, how can we focus our attention and focus our campaigns? Then this is probably where a lot of the mature companies are and really good ones are, is in the strategic stage. And in strategic stage, you have a plan for the year, right? You have a roadmap of the projects that you want to do, the things that you want to launch, the systems that you want to launch, and they're tied to the top priorities or OKRs of the business. And then the final one is what I call innovation. This is aspirational. And I think only some of the best companies are here where you are involved in multi-year planning. And because you have this culture of operational excellence, you really spend most of your time on experimentation. You're just experimenting to see what, 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 what's new and what, what'll work. That's how marketing operations is evolving as a career path. 
but also within companies themselves. I think you also have to understand, and this is something for all marketers, is understand like what stage company of a marketing ops or marketer you are. Because like startup, you're just the one building everything. You are doing everything from scratch. You're building the systems. When you start getting to maybe like series A, series B, you're starting more to like, hey, the thing, the infrastructure is built, but you're fixing, patching, making it more scalable. And then when you get to more of like the bigger stage, you now like have to be in this operational excellence where like systems are going. It's there's doc, heavy documentation. There's setting up for major scale in the future. Like what are we going to do three to 10 years down the line? Are we, if we're going to move to Europe, how's this going to happen? Like you start thinking of like huge, big picture things, but some marketing ops people are very great at just being, seed stage early marketing ops where you're just a builder like it's not much detailed process yet some are really good in the middle where like you have budget to do a couple things but you still like that only team mark like marketing ops person that's building thing and then some people are like really good at like being a big stage where it's like it's hard because this red tape everywhere there's a lot of teams there's a lot of things to think about there's a lot of planning that goes ahead, but you have to think big picture, but you got to know what type of marketer you are. And some people are, some people aren't meant to be the big stage marketer. I'm not big stage, but big company marketers. Some are better at stuff. Like I'm really good at the C to series B. Like that's my, like, I'm really good at that type of marketing ops. I'm not good. I, if you put me in like Daryl's role right now, or you put me at like Amazon, I probably would not succeed the best as a marketing ops person. I know that about myself. I compare it to like a ship. Like, you know, you could be on a very small, agile, like competitive sailboat and you got your hands on everything and you're very agile and very quick. Or you could be like on a cruise liner where like you're taking along a lot of people. They're very prominent, but the jobs are completely different. And and, and that's that's different for everybody. One thing that I w- I'd, I'd like I'd love to like share with your listeners is I really think that many marketers, a lot of their responsibilities actually fall into the realm of marketing ops. And I think a lot of them are more ops focused than they think. I love this concept that I was listening to from Emily Gavel, and she was like the head of marketing at Asana. And she splits marketing into two buckets. One is the fuel and one is the engine. And the fuel is like your content, your positioning, the words, the images, like your brand. And then the engine is how you get that out to customers, right? And how you feed that back in. Those are like the channels, the A-B tests that you're running, the lead nurture that you're doing, your, your triggered campaigns that happen based on customer action. All of that is the engine. The engine, in my view, is the realm of marketing ops. We oversee that because they're all based on systems. And one thing that, that I'll, I'll say, you know, I'm a fan of Dave Gearhart. I know, you, I know you know him well. And one of his epiphanies as he became later in his career was like, you know what? I think my first or second hire would now be marketing ops because that role is so important. And I think it's because we're, we're, we're the ones running the engine. I'll go even like one step further. It's like, okay, I just given it, let's give an F1 analogy because I'm big F1, but like, 
you need to design a great car. When we need to design a great car, it needs to have a good engine and it needs to have good balance in the car. Like you need to design a good car. Once the car is designed, then you can bring in what you would call like the fuel, but I also would add a little bit of like, okay, how can we make this car like on the outside look like like sexy? Like in the inside, it looks like really like it's flawless, but you need both to be like, okay, that's a sick car that someone would buy, but it also can freaking drive. So like you need those two like, okay, that's a cool ass car that someone would drive, but you also need the car that like, oh shit, this like engine is like running flawlessly. Like there's no hiccups. Like it feels easy to drive. It's And that's like marking ops. It's like, it's an engine, that power that makes sure that you can get to point A to point B. The other stuff is like, okay, the fuel, like, okay, if there's no fuel, the car is not running. If it doesn't look good, nobody's buying it. But the other stuff is the other stuff. Nobody's going to buy it at the same time if your campaign suck and they're not delivering properly. Like the op marketing team is not running efficiently. Like the driver can't drive the car. <laughs> the other like F one or like car racing analogy is that like the marketers could be the the GTM motion could be the driver, and then marketing ops is like the pit crew, and. The car goes around around the track, but periodically they have to stop, replace all the wheels, fuel up the engine, tweak all the instrumentation, and then it goes again. But what a lot of people don't realize is that whole team, you know, and you would know this because you're following it, that whole F1 team is a team, like just in, just in like any sports. If there's a member of the team that's gone, it falls apart. The car will literally break. <laughs> yeah, and also people forget and I had another point. People forget like all the stuff that happens leading up to the race and preparing for the race. Like that's also marketing ops. Like it's okay, also marketing ops. When like the upgrades that are making to make the car better for the next race, like the design to like fix the problems that are happening behind the scenes, so the car can be perform at high level. Like the 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 race is that big campaign you're launching, and in that big campaign you're launching, there are going to be problems. Like the pit crew. Is the people on game day that are like marking ops are like, hey, tap on the shoulder, like, hey, this that flow is broken, or like the landing page is down, like the, the the form is broken on the page. Like that's just game day stuff. But you have to prepare everything beforehand to make sure like you are good for game day. Like you're good for that big launch. Like it's set up, this process is set up for it. If you are a marketer and you have this great idea and you're saying, hey, I want to send out this offer to this audience, that idea is nothing. It's on paper. In order to build an audience, you actually have to understand the data and what attributes you have and, and what data points you have on your customers and what that looks like in the system to first build it. Then if you want to create a personalized offer, that's actually technology, right? Because based on who's visiting your webpage or who's seeing your email, the content can change dynamically. That can't happen without marketing operations or a technologist that knows what they're doing. And then finally, when you look at the data post campaign, the performance, you know, people have this notion that once a campaign is done, you just automatically know how it impacted revenue, right? You don't, you don't, not at all. There's like two, three multiple systems involved 
in taking the the activities or the actions that your campaign drove all the way to how many leads that it created, all the way to how much pipeline that built, and ultimately how much revenue that did. All of that is marketing operations, and great marketing can't be done without it, period. What are some things I would need to do today if I wanted to be great at marketing ops or get into marketing ops? Like, What, what skills would I need to start like developing? I think it is a little bit based on your company, but I bucket marketing ops into these like five big categories and like things that we need to get done. There's planning and strategy, technology management, process design, reporting and analytics, and support administration or like business alignment is another way to put it. I think that um, one is if you have a like you you sort of gravitate toward one or two of those big pillars i think that you could you can focus your area of study there and then maybe find a role later on that really kind of matches that because there's especially as companies get larger and larger there's great opportunity for specialization in those areas the other way that you can look so that's for you like you personally the other way that you can look at it is you can look at your company and the maturity stage that you're in like where do you need and I think that you can kind of take a look at it. Like if you go back to that example of like fuel and engine, I think that it's fairly easy to figure out where your company is kind of lacking. Like if you have content and people like it, but it's just like not going anywhere and you're just not being able to get it out to, the, to your audience and you're not able to measure its impact, then you pretty much have an engine problem. And that, I think, that's the realm of developing your channel skills, your technology skills, and more of your digital marketing skills. I think that if your company has all of these things set up, but you have a, a content production problem and you're not able to create content that resonates with your audience because you don't truly understand them, that's more of a fuel problem and I think that that's where your company should sort of like invest in, whether it's like a, an agency or talking to customers or, you know, interviewing your founder, like you, 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 you need, you need more fuel to get the engine to run. So that's kind of how I would think about improving your, your, not just, not just your marketing operations at your company, but your overall marketing function. I like what you're doing right now is, and I think you could do it in marketing ops too. And I, I try to do that with marketing ops as well. When I was in there is take things and simplify it to like the max first. And then like, you can even simplify it like in the engine problem, like where, what I used to do is like, okay, like there's only a few levers to pull in an engine. Like let's separate like the levers and then decide, okay, is it a, do we have a problem that we're not converting top of funnel? Like, on the website, do we have a problem that we're not converting to like the sales handoff? Do we have a problem that we're not converting here? Do we have a problem like we're not communicating between like where are the leverage points that we're like not winning? And just simplify it so easy like that. And then if you take a simple look at it, then you can go dig deeper and be like, okay, now let's go into like look in the engine and be like, okay, because like it's like the car example you're giving earlier, but it's just like, okay. 
Is it something wrong with the front of the car? Is there something wrong with the back of the car? Is there something wrong with like the steering of the car? Where is the problem in the car? You can't fix it till you know that, but you also have the, the analytics set up, the data to set up, the infrastructure to set up to find those problems. So I think simplifying marketing is what I've seen. I think we've, we've become in a world where we complex a lot of things with technology, with data, with stuff like that, but you could take things and I think you have to make it simple for all marketers to understand at first and then speak to different audiences based on what part you want to communicate with. Marketing shouldn't be that hard. Like it shouldn't be such a struggle to connect with your customers and get them to do something. Like for example, I bet, and you probably have done it, if you wanted to throw an event or a webinar, I feel like you could probably fill that up with a target persona pretty quickly and not in too difficult ways. But you have like marketers in different industries racking their brains and trying to figure out why people, why they can't fill their their pipeline. And it's just this fundamental misunderstanding of customers and just marketing in general. A lot of it comes down to friction somewhere. Whether it's internal or external friction, like it's either like you have friction in the buyer's journey or you have friction internally that is not causing you to succeed. Like, and a lot of people don't look at the internal fric- friction and fix the internal friction. Like they, they go and be like, yes, I got to fix that. Like the form is not converting that well, but for a campaign to get out there, the campaign to run successfully, a complaint to like, they don't look at like, Hey, maybe we need to like build a process between content and ops or ops and demand gen that makes it so easy that we can get this campaign out in two days, not 32 days. Like like the internal friction and internally ruins a lot of marketing campaigns I've seen. Like that was a problem I was dealing with a lot. And every marketing team I know has this. It's either like it's not only between the marketing team, it's like marketing ops job is to like reduce friction between all teams. Like friction with finance like make it easier for finance to give us money make it easier for sales to respect marketing or get leads make it easier for market sales to sell like the, there's internal friction we just don't deal with as marketers that's a as big biggest problem as fixing the external friction that you have it there's also like an incentives problem like i think that marketers and sales or GTM motions in general, one mistake that they can make is like, hey, I want to tell customers about this. Like, this is what I want to tell them. This is the feature I want to tell them about. This is the problem that I want customers to have. And that's backwards. There's customers and then there's the problem that they want to talk about, the topics that they want to learn about and how they want to absorb it. In my opinion, that's one of the, the underpinning problems of like, this is what I want to tell customers versus what they want to learn and what they want to engage with. And it comes down to friction again. Like if you reduce internal friction, it will help external friction. If goals are aligned internally, if think incentives are aligned internally, you should start and be like, okay, we're all here for customers. Like we're all here to make money. How do we align internally to say that our goals are aligned that make us more revenue. If we're aligned internally, we reduce friction internally to reduce friction externally. Like that's like, and it all comes down to the simple things, not simple, but like simple in concept that, okay, we need to get revenue through the door. 
Um, we need more customers. We need to retain those customers. Like those are like simple things we need to do as people, but we just don't like, we always forget that that's our goal. And we, we just try to fix everything in externally a lot of the time where we don't think about like what you just said. Incentive is a huge thing in marketing. We're like, we're not aligned on a revenue goal. We're not aligned on a pipeline goal. The internal marketing team's not aligned on like lead lead pipeline goal. Like there's so many things that you can just go look and then you fix that. You can fix a lot of things externally as well. What's a marketing hill you would die on? Well, the first one, which I already told you before, was don't try to fix bad marketing with a tool. The second one that I would say is that just because top companies or your competitors are using a technology or strategy doesn't mean it's the right one for you. I actually call this platform envy. It's where you look at companies like Google and Salesforce, Facebook or Meta and say, oh, they're using this platform. That's why they're successful. And like, that's totally wrong. It's their business model. It is the way that they approach customers and talk to them. And it's the service that they provide that makes them successful. The systems or the tools that they use, the specific tools they use, are just part of the story. Like, I heard this great example of like, you know, Serena Williams, you know, one of the best tennis players of all time. It's kind of like getting her advice and asking her, hey, what tennis racket did you use to become the world champion? You know? It's not tool-driven. It's strategy-driven and value-driven. And that's a marketing hill that I would die on. I will plus thousand on that because I think uh, the two problems I see internally is like they pick a tool because they have only person inside of the company that know how to use that tool. Even though it's not good for the company, <laughs> that person internally could use a tool. That tool, so we're going to buy it. The second problem is they buy a tool that nobody can use. And they don't have resources for it. So then the tool is not going to be successful. So you also have to look internally and be like, okay, what resources do we have to be able to execute or use these tools? Because a tool is only as good as like the person using the tool, like the Serena Williams. Like Serena Williams, like the tenor direct was only as great as she knew to use it. But like just because I, she knew to use it, there's another tennis player that probably could use a different rack because like the balance is different for their swing like it's like how they would use it better so it's like the tool is only as good as like the person running the tool at the end of the day yeah i could use serena williams tennis racket and still suck you know mm-hmm. so like it, it it has nothing to do with the tool. i think that it's about the the skill set it's about your unique strengths and weaknesses as a company and challenges i also like the idea that each company based on their customers and skills can build their own unique bespoke MarTech stack. And that it that there is actually no gold standard. There's a customized set that you need for each company. Daryl didn't get a chance to hype himself up because we had internet problems at the end of this podcast and he had to run to something. But I wanted to hype him up. If you want to learn anything about marking ops, he's one of the best people to follow. He posts a lot on LinkedIn. He's in a lot of communities. He puts out great content. Go follow him. He runs a great team at Indeed. He's worked at AWS. So 
I really appreciated my time with Daryl. He's the man. And I think marketing ops is an underrated topic that people just don't talk about a lot. So thanks all for listening. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.